Hi folks, I'm Alan Watton. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 16th of May 2012. I always get this bit out of the way at the very beginning of the broadcast by telling you to go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and make use of that site because there's over a thousand audios for download and I take you through some of the history of this big system that you were born into, a complete system actually, very complete and how your parents were too, and your grandparents as well, because it's been on the go for an awful long time when rich guys got together into a big club, since they already dominated the planet through finances, and decided to bring on academia, get them on board through sciences, and take over the world, basically, and run it in a perfected fashion. None of this uh, getting born to to people who just decided to mate themselves, you know, they weren't picked scientifically to mate. Nope, they did it themselves and had offspring. And then when that offspring grows up, they want to do whatever they want to do. And of course, that's so inefficient. And even H.G. Wells touched on that too. He says, you know, you can't have too many bicycle repairmen. He says, this is, it's far better if the state basically decides what you're going to be. And that's what school to work was designed to do. And it's all here, of course. Because they decided to, as I say, run it in a scientific fashion. Who should breed with whom, if at all, for that matter? Who should be sterilized? Because eugenics is a big part of it in this brave new world that they're bringing in, step by step. So I go through the big foundations that were set up by the big international monetary boys, and the foundations bring out NGOs, non-governmental organizations, that are incredibly well-funded, full-time employees, basically, uh, under the guise of charities, of course, that constantly bombard governments with their massive advertising campaigns to, to change the world to suit the big bankers who already own it. And that's really how simply it, it really works. And, of course, it's all taught through the schools. You always make sure that the next generation and next generation is taught the new form of upcoming slavery, and they're taught to like it. It's often to sacrifice, sacrifice for a green world, which will be regulated by those who own everything else as well, of course. Everything is a con. So, in other words, help yourself to the the audios here. There's over a 1,000 free ones to download. Also, you can find transcripts in all the sites in English and go into alanwattsentinel.eu for transcripts in other languages. Number two, you can help me take along here by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com where if you don't understand the cons of the past, you'll never understand the cons of the present and where it's all going or why it's going that way. So buy these and I'll give you some clues. And um, you can donate as well. Donations are really, really welcome at this stage, this stage of the game. Now, from the U.S. to Canada, remember, U.S. Uh, personal checks are good. You can still use personal checks and uh, international postal money orders from the post office. And you can also send cash and you can use PayPal across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram and PayPal once again. And straight donations definitely because that's often what makes me just get through the month uh, and sometimes not even that too. 
If I went bigger, I would have to pay on employees, and then you've got to commercialize everything to pay all the employees, and then you're worried about uh, getting more and more cash in. Uh, it's, it's, in other words, you're running a big business, and once you start all that, and uh, so you've got more things to worry about because you've got the employees and their families as well to worry about. So I try to keep it small, but put out a lot of data, and certainly everyone else has certainly grabbed it and made use of it across the whole board. And what I really do, as I say, is to tell you why it's happening. Uh, the ones, the big groups have planned the stages of change. You know, change is good, they say, but they never ask what change they're talking about. Academia knew for 50 years what the, this is a century of change, 21st century, where literally they perfect the system that they, they designed a long time ago. They perfect it by bringing through all the laws to make us all basically domesticated slaves in a more legalistic fashion, that is and how eventually you won't be able to even move off the area you're living within without permission, you see, because even though they have a free flow of labor and goods under free trade acts, it doesn't mean that you personally, if, if a company doesn't want you, uh, you personally can take off and live wherever you want. That's the next steps to get put into the books, basically. So it's a form of uh, control because totalitarian systems always use control and, of course, pass, uh, passports, uh, ID chips, everything is coming into play. Uh, clear passes, all these things, getting you used to it. And the, the guys who run the whole system, of course, and designed it all, are the, the money bags at the top. These guys have been around for centuries. They know every con there is to do with money. And they want a more perfected system. Rockefeller admitted that himself. That it was far preferable that bankers, international, it's not about the big boys, but the guys who lend to nations. They actually lend nothing these days except a bunch of digits on, from a computer. But uh, these are the guys who designed it all. And he says better that they run the world since they're the fittest and they've held on to power for many centuries uh, and bringing academia and specialists on board to manage all of the peasants down below. And we see it all coming in from a thousand different areas and angles. You get bombarded every day with non-governmental organizations with their particular spiels. And you have to really check into everything to find out even who they are, because most of them are funded, if you go back to, to the same little clique of foundations. Most of them are funded to the hilt to lobby uh, the governments to get past the laws which the big foundations and bankers want. And the governments are in on the scam too. They're waiting for them turning up at their door, demanding them. And also to condition you through education, indoctrination, through all media, all mainstream media, because you can't watch anything today unless it's got the right politically correct upgrades in it, you know, to do with the environment and carbon and all of that kind of stuff. So you're brainwashed by repetition, repetition, repetition. Someone said a long time ago, one of the big revolutionaries, that a word or a phrase repeated a thousand times is far more efficient than facts mentioned a thousand or more times. You don't need facts, just repetitions, until the public repeat them too as was a, a fact. It's very r- religious in nature, you see, slogans. And, of course, that's what they win by, is slogans, as Lenin said. And all sides are using the same tactics. Really, at the top, there are no sides. They simply use a dialectic to make it all happen. And that's the trick of it all. Something to, to move in society, you must get a conflict going. You can't get conflict unless you get opposing sides. 
And, and then you steer and guide the conflicts into the outcome. And that's what you were after. It's the, the thesis, antithesis, and synthesis, as they call it, the Hegelian dialectic. And, of course, they planned an awful long time ago to unite the countries, basically, especially into continents. The EU eventually is to go all the way from, from Ireland, right across Britain, uh, right across the whole of Europe, right through Russia and onwards. The whole continent basically comes under eventually. That's their goal and target. And for the Americas too, amalgamation of the Americas was mentioned a long time ago, both by Marx and others who came after him. And today it's the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, which has pretty well every main journalist on board in every country across the world, making sure we all get the same propaganda that guide us along this particular path, since their masters set that up a long time ago, amalgamation of the continents. They even drafted up the one for Canada. They admitted that on television in Canada. The CFR admitted they drafted it up for the three amigos to go down and sign. Yep. So we live in a fantasy land, and remember, crises come and go. And the idea of crisis is when the big boys who run the world thrive. They, see, crisis keeps us all unsteady, even those who are ready for revolution sort of put out, they postpone it. They wonder if they can afford it. <laughs> so crisis is always used as, as an, a method of advancing uh, their agenda. They always say this, mind you, we can use this disaster to our advantage. Always. In fact, without the disasters and things, they couldn't get anything done. That's why they create them. They make sure that they do. Now, the banks are hopping along, as, as always. Uh, they didn't even notice that the blip that they caused, crashing the world and plundering the planet, uh, by and then getting rewarded by all your tax money for doing so. And they're still up there. And even the weak laws that they put their, their pals in the legal system brought forth to try and police them have all been watered down till it's back to the same as it was before. So they can plunder you again, too. They'll never change those laws, folks. Twice a century, at least, they plunder the general public. That's standard with international banking boys. And why not when you're guaranteed that the government, which you own, basically, left or right, doesn't matter, uh, we'll, we'll bail you out. Give you that extra cash gift on top of all the property you've seized. Not bad deal, eh? And they call this civilization. They call it progress as well. This is called progress. Can you believe that? To what? And by the way, who defines what progress is? Obviously it's a plan. It's not willy-nilly going along some wandering, meandering path. It's planned that way. But this article here is an idea, one of the many ideas that they, they come up with, and uh, it's a sort of will they, won't they, will they, won't they, will they, won't they, until you turn off, you switch off. Will Europe survive? Will Greece bail out? No, they're back in. No, they're out. No, they're in. They're out. And, and it goes on like this, this farcical play, pantomime, third rate, that we watch every day. Now, every country, supposedly, has helped bail out Greece a thousand times over. We've no list of where the money's gone, although every country in Europe has borrowed money from these same international bankers, money lenders, borrowed money from them to bail Greece out, well over in the trillions of dollars. 
But the people themselves who put down to pay off that borrowed money to give to Greece have got no nothing back. There's, there's no breakdown of their cash where it went. Or how long it's going to take for them to pay it off, even if Greece pulls out. They still have to pay off all that money. They went in that black hole somewhere in outer space. Isn't that amazing? And we, we take this as, it's all run by professional people like economists and things. You know this science of economy? Science? Well, I says, how much longer can the euro survive? The bank chief says the eurozone is tearing itself apart and the prime minister warns of a breakup. This is the same prime minister uh, that uh, was, was going to pull us out when he lost uh, ratings a few months ago. Now he's back up again, trying to keep it all together. It's all chronology. Remember that, this is all chronology. David Cameron will attack Germany and other European countries for failing to stop the euro breaking apart. Well, how is it their fault? How is it Germany's fault? I think they, they, they put more money into it than anyone. And, and while it's just austerity measures, it's the only way to keep Britain safe. So becoming poor is the only way to keep Britain safe. Poverty is the only way to keep Britain safe. Remember, we're in the 21st century with the best people, the best minds, the best educated too, and experts running us here. So utter poverty is the only way to keep Britain safe. Safe from whom? From the government? I mean, how are they going to work this one out? Experts say if the crisis isn't contained, 10% of the national income could be wiped out in EU countries. No kidding, eh? 10% of the national income could be wiped out in EU countries. So, I love these preambles that they give to the press before the, before the guy reads the same speech. This is written by a speechwriter for David Cameron. They're all puppets, you know, in the front. So David Cameron will today express grave doubts about the survival of the euro amid fears that a collapse would drag Britain into a decade-long depression. Britain's never been out of a depression. Never. As in the late, late 90s, it was a little article appeared in a paper, and way in the back pages, it said that, that Britain had just paid off the last of its, of, of its, uh, its, its money that it owed for, for World War I. To the banks. This is World War Two and Korea and, and everything else on top of that. Perpetual debt, you see. So that they've never had. Um, the people are always depressed, put it that way. Of course they're always depressed because it's such a rigid system, an old, old system with the banks at the top and the aristocracy and the children of the same running the show. He says, he will warn of perilous economic times and launch a startling attack on the failure of Germany and other major European countries to take the necessary steps if they want to prevent the euro breaking apart. Now, what they achieved through all this farce, they've achieved what Carl Quigley said they'd achieve. Central banks would basically be under an umbrella of another main central bank of Europe, which they managed to install against everybody's wishes. And they've got the IMF running roughshod over every, every country underneath them, demanding money, by the way. They can go up to, I think it's seven mil. They can demand seven mil from any one of those countries, and you've got seven days to pay up. And no explanation, nothing. You just got to get the cash there. This is the new progress, progressive system they've got for the euro. 
The Eurozone is at a crossroads. It will either uh, has to have to make its mind up or it is looking at a potential breakup. The Prime Minister will say, insisting that sticking to the government's austerity measures is the only way to keep Britain safe. Now, when you're into poverty, folks, no country is safe because it gets to desperation times and people have to do desperate things and they do desperate things in, in desperation times. Mind you, they've got this massive army and all these treaties with international, the international rapid response teams from all over Europe to fly them in and play havoc, just like the sci-fi movies they've been programming you with for years. So with signs of a full-blown bank run beginning and debt-stricken Greece, this is going to help Greece because now that they've written this, everybody will be pulling their money out of Greece, even the private investors. Experts warned, again, these experts that got us in trouble in the first place, warned that if the crisis is not quickly contained, which is blackmail, either get more cash out of, squeeze it all out of Europe and put it into Greece again and this black hole, or there's going to be chaos. There's going to be chaos, you see. As much as 10% of the national income could be wiped out in countries across the EU. The Bank of England Governor Sir Mervyn King said yesterday the single currency bloc was tearing itself apart without any obvious solution, while former Labour Chancellor Alistair Darling said the crisis could condemn Britain to years of stagnation in other developments. Well, that's just business as usual for Britain. It's been stagnating forever, as far as I can remember. It's, it's quite smelly with stagnation. But that's the system that they gave Britain. And unfortunately, they've had a worse time than a lot of other countries. So... Then they go on about this growth forecast. How can you, how can you advance anything in GDP or anything when you have no business left? When you have no industry left? It's all gone to China. And again, that was all part of the European uh, um, agreements that they would deindustrialize Britain. And again, the World Trade Organization, everything else was shipped off to China. They're a, a service economy. A service economy uh, does not bring in the income of a production economy. In production economy, you've got so many industries on the go, even getting raw materials and processing raw materials to the next step, and another company takes it over to the next step, and then gets to the big steel mills and so on, and yada, yada, yada. I mean, there are so many people employed when you are a producing country, a productive manufacturing country. A service economy, you just pass pies around, you know, that generally are imported from somewhere else until someone buys it. And the only way they're getting through in Britain, the government that is, is because you've got value-added tax. So each time that thing, that pie swaps hands, there's so much a percentage added onto it for the government. This was all talked about back in the 70s, by the way. What would happen? Financial markets slumped further as Greek leaders braced themselves for fresh elections after talks to form a coalition government failed. If you were in Greece, would, would you put up with it? Would, oh, let's get some, maybe we'll find a good guy. They always give you a good guy, you know. Uh, for, for the left wing, they always give them someone who appears to be socialist until they're in. And for the right wing, same thing again too. They always get your guy in. The guy who, who'll make everything clean and legalistic and get the proper banking system and clean out all, all the robbers from the temples, you know. Never happens. It's, it's just, just to keep you all waiting, you see. Keep you waiting for the final day. The final day. Which will never come because you keep voting people in. And they're presented to you to vote in. Back with more after this. 
Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix. What you'll find with all this nonsense about Greece and the rest of them is that they'll bring in, uh, again, uh, give more authority to the European Central Bank and even more authority to the International Monetary Fund, which is really the big heavy guy, not the debt collector. Uh, that was around all the countries. That's what Carl Quigley said in the 1960s. That was the intention when they set all of this up. This is the IMF and the central banking systems under them, under the Bank for International Settlements in Switzerland. So this is a lot of theatre to make it, things happen because these guys thrive in crisis. That's why they create the crisis. And it's so strange, as I say, we've never had a, a balance sheet of where all the cash has gone. Uh, and uh, the government will never even tell you how much each individual now owes Every individual is put down, remember, as a guarantor for all these loans that they borrowed from somewhere. You know, this big shadow group at the top, they borrowed it all and, and then they threw it at Greece, supposedly, and we have no idea where it all went. It's just a fantastic, perpetual debt means that the bankers will be running the show for the next thousand years. That's part of the, the purpose of having such massive compound interest and debt. It's fantastic. And then really, really too, I mean, how do the governments even get the cash now? It's the same as you going into the bank and saying, I need a million dollars. And they don't go in and say, oh, what is for up the central bank and, and see if they've got that kind of money and stock. Because we don't have many other people have borrowed a million dollars each today, you see. They don't do that. They just punch it up in a computer and it's instantly created. And they don't give you the cash. It's put into your, an account. Same thing happens, you see, when these nations go and borrow from the, the big international financiers. And uh, they don't get, get cash given to them. Is that somebody just punches it into their, their account and that's it. It's money out of nothing. It's just a lot of digits. That's all it is. That's really all it is. Do you know, at World War II, before World War II came out, the Bank of England used to keep, rather than just transport money back and forth to the nations for trading, they always kept a deposit from those countries in the Bank of England in gold, gold bars. And when Hitler got in, the wise guy that he was, he right away sent German troops over, a delegation over to Britain, to get their money back, because they had it all deposited in the Bank of England for Germany. And they did. They got the gold bars out. We don't even have gold bars anymore. It's just digits flying back and forth. And, of course, the guys who make up the digits don't say, well, we don't have enough, you know. And then, of course, how, they, how they're supposed to do it is, well, it's all based on, on, this is what the guy who lends the cash out says, it's all based on all the debt we expect to come in with the compound interest. We can loan out then, you see, on expected payments back on the debts. What a farce. What a farce. And we all, the whole world is supposed to either starve or thrive because on this, this farce of a system. And nobody's going to change it. You see, those guys who go along with it are awfully well rewarded. Your prime ministers and all the prostitutes that work in governments. All of them. Awfully well paid. And the bureaucrats are even more important. Because they're always there. It's quite something. But folk will continue as always, you know. And what can you do? Well, well, what can you do? Now, last night I mentioned, on last night's talk, I mentioned... Um, the Club of Rome, their big meeting that they just had in March, perspectives on limits to growth and challenges to building a sustainable planet. And I also talked, uh, give a few talks on different people who, who turned up to give their spiel, you see. And the Club of Rome, remember, came up with the idea of, of uniting the world or giving the task, like a big think tank at the time, 
to, to find out a way to unite the planet. So it had to be a threat of some kind. And they examined everything that they could possibly con the public with, knowing that they had X amount of years to brainwash them through movies and articles in the newspapers and scientific specialists that would come out in the BBC and in other countries. And they, they said eventually we came on the idea that global warming and famines and droughts and starvation and the like, that would fit the bill. Because that's what we're given a task, so that would fit the bill. And, of course, you think, well, I guess they're really serious people. We're just concerned about the planet. And then I was thinking about, I don't have time to go through every one of these video talks, because especially when I don't have the speed anyway here. Uh, I'm sort of speed challenged by the satellite company, Hughes, the big war guy. So they kind of cut me when I try to watch too much. Somebody did look up this, and um, it's interesting. It says, uh, perusing the Club of Rome... Uh, at Smithsonian, because the Smithsonian group were in on it, two big foundations, document on the perspectives on the limits to growth that you posted. I saw the names Ceres, which is C-E-R-E-S, and Winrock International. So I visited Winrock, according to Dennis Meadows, and that's the one I mentioned yesterday, who gave a talk, oh, it's too late even for sustainable growth, oh, we're in terrible trouble. Dennis Meadows, you see, who was in the Club of Rome. It says, um, I guess no one told Neva Goodwin, uh, Labour's declining share and future quality of life, who also spoke at the Club of Rome Smithsonian Symposium. She's on the board of Winrock International, and the links page on the Winrock website has all manner and type of renewable energy links and non-governmental organisations. At the bottom you'll see the Renewable Energy Project Support Office, REPSO, R-E-P-S-O, Network. The REPSO Network managed... Uh, as local organizations worldwide in coordination with Winrock Foster Cooperation between government agencies, private enterprises, non-profit organizations, and communities in common pursuit of harnessing proven clean energy technologies for sustainable development. So it's all working for sustainable development, even though the guy said that it's too late for that, right? So we are looking at as a massive corporation in bed. This is only one of them with the Club of Rome, because everybody on the board of the Club of Rome has shares in all these big corporations. In fact, they set them all up. These are the guys who also decide how much carbon you will pay and how much they will rip off the top for themselves. Everything is a scam, folks. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the Matrix, talking about the Club of Rome and how all the, the people who belong as members to it at the top there all either own outright these big corporations that are going to be taxing you through carbon footprints and, and, and dealing with all the cash that comes through. And they're a massive scam. But of course, folk won't be interested in too much of that. That's how it really works with all these organizations, you see. There's a non-profit enterprise of Winrock International, again, Club of Rome, and American Carbon Registry. American Carbon Registry is also part of it, too. They're the guys who are going to train little pimply-faced guys uh, a couple of months' courses in ca- on how to, how to weigh the carbon output in your land, for instance, and come down and tax you for it. And it goes through all the different Winrock and the rest of the boys at the Club of Rome, their, their organizations. They scam the money off the top because, you see, they're, they're in with the carbon credit idea. They're making big, big bucks off it. So anyway, this is... Um, 
they'll give you approval, this American Carbon Registry, and verification as to whether you are meeting goals. So they're going to put goals for everyone, you see, including those with your little, if, an acre of woodlot, etc. So Windrock and American Carbon Registry are judge, jury, and hangman. And the government's letting them do it because they all work together. Windrock claims to have projects in 64 countries and a $100 million annual budget. Founded in 1996, American Resources Trust. You have to really go through these, but there's just so many organizations in on this, you see. And then I'll put the, the about page up tonight too, under American Carbon Registry, and there are links to public comments and responses and, and so on. But what you'll find out too, uh, that um, they've got all this third-party offset verifiers who will be trained to pass exam, and they'll be coming round your doors and taxing, really putting a quota on you for what you have to pay. This is, this is their, their ultimate goal. And... Um, says the ARB has awarded training, development, and delivery contract to some company called Future Perfect. And pages 35, 39 indicate a goal to harmonize the rulemaking of California and Quebec. And Quebec. There exists a Western Climate Initiative, which seems to include California, British Columbia, Manitoba, Quebec, and Ontario, even though the last couple are in the east. But it says uh, North America 2050 is a bullet point on page 37, but the presentation doesn't elaborate on why the year 2050. All, they've all, you know, the UN, all of them are into the year 2050 now. Also, there's a link about emissions reductions at truck stops through electrification, whatever that means. And it's linked to improved forest management methodology for family forests. That's if you happen to inherit or you own a, a bit of scrubland, you're going to get taxed on it, and they're going to tell you how to manage it. Yeah. And of course, it'll be fines if you don't manage it, no doubt on that at all. And you'll see the names of a bunch of carbon LLCs. They were all formed just in time for removal of our footprints. So it's quite something. I'll put all these links up tonight to do with the Club of Rome and how all the top membership have massive shares and all the companies which they founded, and now they're imposing it all on us so they can get even more stinking rich than they already are. Quite something. It really is. It is it's scam after scam. I get so many from NGOs too, or you know, sending me um, articles every day, and you have to go... Some of them sound very official, like, like you know, the Federal Reserve or the Bank of Canada. And, and they're actually non-governmental organizations that want to feed the world. But they've got all these cons going, too, to do with the, it's the general public has to feed the world. There's no charity here. They don't ask you do, you, do you mind putting some pennies in a can here? No, no, no. This is, this is to be policy, you see. As we're forced to eat crap here in Canada, this, this, this GM, GE pesticide rubbish that kills you, uh, they want to make sure that we send enough across the rest of the world to help finish them off too. Really something. Really something. Wake up, folks. Wake up and look around you. Now, uh, words are amazing. It's like the old Bee Gees song, you know, words. Words are all I have. And it's, today, of course, when you can't insult anybody because everybody's offended. Depends who they are. If they're, if they're liberal, they always get offended and they're allowed to be offended by law. And they can bring the law down upon you, but you can't, you're not allowed to be offended if they attack you. You see? But it says, um, it says law banning insulting words and behavior has to end. A law banning insulting words or behavior should be removed in an effort to protect free speech. MPs and civil rights groups have said. 
The Public Order Act prohibits such actions if they are deemed likely to cause harassment, alarm, or distress. If you're if you're so damn weak-minded and you get, you, you say, I'm offended. Oh, I'm offended. Well, tough cheese. I think we all get offended at something every other day. A student was reportedly arrested for calling a police officer's horse gay in Britain. Now, they get that from their cartoons they watch. These are all cartoon figures are always saying that. Oh, you're just too gay or something like that. And uh, mind you, I've noticed around the, the Queen's Palace there, the horses do follow each other uh, with, with these guys in armour, uh, kind of nose to tail. Have you noticed that? Senior Conservative David Davis said the law which the government is looking at changing could have a chilling effect on democracy. A chilling effect, eh? He argues the measure, as laid out in Section 5 of the 1986 Public Order Act, offers no clarity on what constitutes insulting behaviour. Have you seen the videos that go up on the police in Britain cursing and swearing at the people they stop on the streets or in the cars? Have you, have you, have you listened to it? So the, the public can get anything at all shouted at them, and they can be called all kinds of things. But if you say that to your cop, oh, 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 oh I can't do that. We've got public, this public order act here, you see. And he's, he's offended. And, he, and he's allowed to crack your skull if he's offended. Or taser you to death. What a world we're in, eh? What a world. What a world. But yeah, everybody gets offended, you know. And uh, it says, in 2009, Christian hoteliers were accused of asking a Muslim guest if she was a murderer and a terrorist because she was wearing a hijab. After a two-day trial, the district judge dismissed the case on the basis that the account of the prosecution witness could not be relied on. So, I mean, see, don't get offended when people are ignorant. I mean, there's a lot of ignorant people out there. There's an awful lot of ignorant people. But, of course, too, remember, too, that the the IRS group, they remember the, the underground, uh, the weathermen they called them, uh, that now is in with Obama, they said their, their, their offspring are, they're all around, they had a party last week, or the week before, with, with the, the offspring of the weathermen, who are just as radical left as ever. And they came up with the idea a long time ago, the original group, that they had, they had to have critical theory. That means anything that, that you happen to mention in conversation that, that's, that breaks the, the community of far-left communists has to be attacked vigorously. It doesn't matter what it is, just attack them. And that's, that's the theory. That's, there's nothing to it, really, except that. Then they call it liberal, you see. I've, I've often been so amazed at how incredible, like, the correct you have to be to be a communist. You understand that if you were a poet, as I say, or a writer in the communist system, you had to be awfully careful what you wrote, or, or even said in a poem. It had to be along a Marxian line. It couldn't be, it couldn't have any trace of what they would call uh, sexism in it, or anything like that, even if you, if you said, I helped the woman up. Oh, that was being sexist, because that means a man stronger than a woman, or some rubbish like that. You see? And they're constantly reviewing books to see if they're properly, properly left-wing. I read one recently by Hitchens, and it was about H.G. Uh, Wells. Not H.G. Wells, it was about uh, George Orwell. All about him to see if he had, if fit all the criteria for a left-winger. And, and, you know, any idea that didn't fit completely in with the left-wing, there was like a black mark against him. And when they run a show for you, believe you me, when they run the show... You, you, you better watch your, exactly what you say because they'll take you to court for saying the wrong thing, much like they're doing in Britain right now. 
for this public order act. So anyway, that's how mad it gets, you see, when, when government gets to these stages, which it must do. It must do. Governments always get to incredibly crazy stages through all the legalisms, etc., before they collapse. And, and believe you me, they can be a long time in, in a collapsing, generations sometimes. And all, all crazy things break out as it, as it collapse, all kinds of strange laws. And the guys at the top are still raking in the cash as always, is all through it. You know, there's folk in New York and Wall Street making a killing on betting that Greece fails. The same guys that were making up uh, companies, selling them off, and then betting they'd fail afterwards and make a rip-off of that too. That was all in the papers. You can't keep up with their scams. But there's folk betting on... A lot of folks are going to be awfully stinking rich, even more stinking rich than they are already, if Greece goes under. Every every side is covered, you understand, by the money boys. They've got their own idea of reality, completely different from yours. In fact, you could even jump the hurdles that they go through mentally to come up with the scams that they have. Hmm. Now, Wi-Fi has got T-rays now, apparently, because Japan broke through, and everybody's been waiting for this one. Uh, it says they've smashed the record for wireless data transmission in the tetrahertz, uh, terahertz band, an uncharted part of the electromagnetic spectrum. So, if this goes out, I don't know what it's going to do to us humans. You know, we're already bad enough with the Wi-Fi everywhere as it is. Uh, electromagnetic smog we're living in, Wi-Fi smog. But uh, this thing's going to get a lot more because it's up really up there in the infrared uh, bands. And um, but this is this is going to come out like, like wildfire very shortly because they've actually done it and they can really cram a lot of information through uh, 20 times higher uh, speed rates than standard Wi-Fi. Be too powerful to use close to you, but I guess that's what they're saying. But uh, for broadcasting, that's going to be that's going to be the thing to 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 go with. This will tie in too with your chips and down the road, I'm sure. But anyway, that's for that. Now there's callers there, and I'll have to see if I can just grab them up here because uh, my wonderful satellite doesn't give me a very high speed. There's Sean from New York. Are you there, Sean? Hello. Hello. Yeah. Is that is that Sean? Is it? Yes, it's Sean here. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? How are you? Yep. Can I hear you? Um, yeah, I want to talk about a situation that I got encountered last night. Um, I had an alarm um, advertiser knock on my door, and he wanted to uh, basically uh, like wanted to sell me a like alarm system. And my, I guess my aunt got an alarm system in her house, and she got it set up. And she probably said she sent them over to my residence to maybe see if I want to get an alarm system set up. Mm-hmm. And Ask him, like, ask him a whole bunch of questions, like, to see where his IQ was and how long he worked in the, um, the business. I, I'm not sure what the loan system is called. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I forgot to ask him a name, but I asked, like, I asked him a couple of questions, like, how long he worked there and who funded um, this alarm system. And, and who funded the alarm system was the Goldman Sachs boys, the, the big bankers. Mm-hmm. And the thing about this is very suspicious, and I want everybody to know that. They they willing to pay. They willing to pay for your alarm system. You don't have to pay anything. That's what they told me. They yeah. told me they they're going to pay for my alarm system. And I was I was looking I looking very <laughs> suspicious. And then and then he tried to make suggestions like this break-ins. And I I, I know like they advertise their um they advertise their business on TV. Like it's the alarm system that you have an app and you could basically lock down your house with the app. You just lock it. He showed me on his iPhone. 
Uh-huh. I told him, like, what if, uh, look, your iPhone could be hacked and people could just get your information and just open your house or lock down your house, your house whenever they want to. Yeah. And he, he, he just said, oh, no, that's not uh, basically, uh, it's not possible. I said, yes, it is possible. I mean, look at all this, uh, look at all these, these situations with Apple when they got sued for uh, basically sending personal information all over the Internet. Yeah. And also, and also with the Android. And then he kept on saying, telling me suggestions. I gave him a suggestion. I said, uh, uh, like, I asked him more questions to basically see what his IQ was. And I, did you ever, I said, did you ever read 1984 of George Orwell? He said, yes. I said, you think back on that book and, and think back uh, what's going on with this uh, this whole alarm system. I said, uh, that alarm system is spying on you. I told him a whole bunch of things. I said, they, they're spying on you. He said, oh, this, like, because it's the necklace that you can wear, like, basically, like, a." Just in case something happened, you could press the button, and I guess the police will contact your house, or police officer will be sent over. I said, uh, I asked him like, who's the third party? Because there's also third party, uh, third party into it, and, uh, and the police must be the third party because they're they're contacted. But mm-hmm. and I asked him, I asked him like, um, oh, you do you do you trust this uh, merchandise? And I said these these merchandise can be spawned on. He said yeah, the manufacturers are. Uh, they they make it, but I said you you're not you're not there making the um the equipment. How are you so sure that these manufacturers doesn't put chips and spy chips and um the equipment to uh, spy on you? And he just yeah. he just sat there. He basically just believed like they don't they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. I said listen, yeah. a lot of things that you believe that they do, that you, they're not doing, but they're doing to you. Of course, yeah. And, and somewhere, somewhere in some tiny small print, or, or they'll give you a website to look up for those who, who care to look up, they'll, they'll tell you that certain information that may be collected in your household by blah, blah, blah. And of course, what they do too is make a pattern of your behavior when you turn it on, when you turn it off, they know when you go out. So did the police, by the way. And if the police want to get you, they'll simply lock down your doors and you can't get out. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, there's a whole bunch of things like that. Sure, sure it is. Absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're quite right. Yeah, that, and that too. And he just he kept on telling you like the break-ins. I'm like, and I think that my mom, like, these guys are so, they they so basically, they want to know what you're doing, that these guys probably will uh, basically cause break-ins. They probably send people to your house or send uh, guys to your neighborhood just to break in your house so you may get the, um, the alarm system, so you're forced to get the alarm system. Yeah, these are these guys think they think basically the psychological. They just basically play with your mind. You don't you don't think these people are doing it, but they will do that just for you to get this. Uh... Absolutely, absolutely. I, I I remember reading years ago about how many firemen set fire set fires when when their fire company was going to go out of business because there was other fire companies in the area, and there were so many guys lighting fires to make sure that they could keep their fire companies going. I mean, yeah, absolutely, they do nasty things to create the business, and whatever it takes is what they do, absolutely, yeah. There's nothing to hire a couple of guys for a night and go around and, and, and smash the windows in a few homes, you know. It's pennies. Yeah, yeah just to speed up the alarm system. Yeah, and, and even recently I read one too where uh, some guys, I think, monitor had gone off, they were around their neck, I guess, some guy who, had, I don't know, a pacemaker or what, and uh, at least the the the, 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 the 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 cops turned up and they shot him. They, they, they shot the guy who, whose thing had gone off. He didn't even know it had gone off, and they, they went in and killed him. So uh, the first responders are police, and and believe you me, they're not too 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 picky on who happens to be in the house at the time. And if you don't know that thing's gone off or sent a silent sing- signal to the cops, 
uh, you're going to be upset when guys bust in your door. You don't know who they are. You'll say something and they end up shooting you. That, this happens all the time. Yeah, and another thing, another suggestion he told me is like, because uh, sometimes I guess that the burglars are cut off your um your telephone system. I guess they have some type of of I'm not sure like the bun or the people that connects to the satellite in, in space and it could like it can connect like cell phones and things like that. Sure. So, but never, no, you can't so take that. You, you can't do that. There's more to this than meets the eye, obviously. And it's too, it smells fishy. But th- thanks for calling. Back after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. We'll go to Jane from Ontario. She's still there. You're there, Jane? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, it was about um, redistribution of wealth um, that you mentioned earlier in the program. I was thinking how um, I was talking to someone not long ago and he said that they've proven, <laughs> I don't know whether this is true, but he said there was some kind of a study that showed that if uh, you did give everyone in the world sort of equal wealth, that within, I forget how long he said, but within so much time, the wealth would all wind up back in the same hands. It's true. It's true. I'll tell you what happened. The proof of it was actually done in Russia because when the wall came down, they didn't know how to run a, a capitalist system. The U.S. sent a bunch of guys from Wall Street. There's a video out on it, in fact, and supposedly to go over and within two weeks get the whole thing running on capitalism. What a joke. And what they did, since the public technically supposedly owned all the state um, resources, the, ga- the gas, utilities, uh, the, you know, electric, everything, um, they gave everybody shares and, and little bits of paper, I think hand-scribbled, this is your share as a citizen of Russia uh, for, you know, in, in this company or that company or whatever it was that the state ran or owned. And the big, the big tycoons that came out of Russia uh, were press, pressing the stuff off the people and collecting these things like, 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 like garbage, basically. First, I told them it was rubbish, it was worthless, so they threw them away, they collect them, and they ended up being these big moguls that you've got in Russia today. It, it ended up, these moguls, by the way, were the same moguls who ran Russia uh, under the communist system. So it always ends up back in the same hands. You, you can't, you see, the, the, the sharks, there's only one way you deal with a shark that's coming to eat you, you understand. And it's true. There's only one way you deal with a shark that's coming to eat you. And, and these guys, these psychopaths, as long as they have free reign to, to run in the world and run at the top, uh, we'll always be in the same trouble that we're in today. You, you, they're way ahead of everybody else on the scam. You know. It is true. I, I know what you mean, but... Um, wouldn't it be better if, like I know we really couldn't do it because the system is theirs, but if you could just, just like with the Monopoly game, you know, just kind of start the game over, you know, wouldn't, no, wouldn't it be no, better? No, because they, 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 they would get in. They'd get in so quickly you wouldn't even see them getting in. They'd slink in into their comfortable seats like they always were there. They create crisis, you see, and they come up with solutions and, and understand until until this, these guys have been at this for thousands of years. There's families, families. You can actually trace some of the families back thousands of years. And until until private banking, with regard to government, is dealt with fully and completely. Private banking. 
at lending to government. Well, until government prints its own money and spends it into circulation, we'll always have this problem. I agree with you, but I just want to make a point that the person who told me this, he was, like, he he believes in, um, you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You know, if you work hard, you'll do well, you know, and that kind of thing. He doesn't realize how corrupt the system is. No, there's a there's a there was a guy who just committed suicide yesterday because um, he went through the bank scam with the mortgages in the U.S. He and his wife and the banks lied to them. In fact, when they paid one of their final checks, the banks claimed they never got it. They checked later after the guy died and sure if the bank had cashed the check themselves. So there's all these scams on the go. Corrupt people run the system, and the bank, and psychopaths always gravitate to positions of power over the rest of the public. But this guy doesn't realize that. He thinks that it's because they're better. You know what I mean? He thinks. Well, he's he, he's that he's an average person who's who's taken reality that's as it's presented to him by the media and his indoctrination. Can't help him. You know. But but thanks for calling. And I couldn't get to Blue from Tennessee. Maybe tomorrow. From Hamish and myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.